Hey everybody, welcome to uh, Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. And I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're watching live right now, it is Wednesday at noon. I actually filmed this live. It absolutely happens live. It's uh, on the Here's the Deal Facebook page. As soon as we're done, it gets posted onto my uh, private page. And then usually in about a day or so, it gets posted onto the Here's the Deal podcast. And so I know that uh, there are a number of people who do their best to watch it live. It's a very small amount of people. But then I know there's a ton of you, most of you will watch the broadcast on Facebook later on when it's most convenient uh, for you. And then there are many of you that are listening to the podcast. And so I'm super thankful for all of you, whether you're watching this or listening to it live right now. Wednesday at noon, or you're watching it maybe later on today, Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, or whenever it is you're listening to this, it, it means a, a, a lot that you would uh, you tune in. If you have questions at any moment throughout the week, you can uh, email me at rickc at bbg.org, rickc at bbg.org, text me, phone, give me a phone call. If you see me at church, if you go to my church, just ask me questions, and I compile them all, and um, it's, it, it's uh, kind of fun to go through them and, and you know, figure out what program I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to talk about. Today, I'm excited about it. I want to say hi to Sue uh, Rasmussen out there watching live, Michelle Brink, you're watching live. I'm, I'm grateful for you guys. You're, you're, you're super faithful, and so... Let's get right in to today's topic. And, and um, I was asked, uh, hey, Pastor Rick, what, what do you look for in a, in a, you know, when, when you're looking for a church? What are some of the things you ought to look for when you're selecting the church that you as an individual, you as a married couple, a family or whatever, is going to say, that's my church home. I'm going to fellowship at that church. I'm going to belong to that church. And I think what brought this question up was we've had a lot of people from the church that I pastor, Big Valley Grace, who, um, who've moved. They've gone to other states. And I get phone calls and emails from them saying, hey, I'm now located in this particular city. And uh, can you recommend a church or you know, what should I be looking for in a church? And so uh, a lot of people have emailed me and asked that question, and I've just kind of compiled them, and I finally thought, okay, I'm going to talk about that. What, what makes a great church? What's, what's a church that you should belong to or say, hey, man, count me in and, and, and become a member of, all right? I'm not going to cover all the things, but I'm going to give you a, a, a few, maybe five. I don't know. We'll see how much time I, I have. But to start with, um, I, I'm going to begin with a, a story. I'm going to unpack this uh, in, in a maybe a unique way. You may not know where I'm going, but I think you'll, you'll see it because the first one is the most important one. If you're looking for a good church, the, the, the first one that I'm going to tell you about is the most important one, all right? So... 
when, when you know, I, I've got a Bible here in my hand, okay? And between these two leather-bound covers are 66 different books that make up the canon of Scripture. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, right? you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through the last book of the Old Testament, which is Malachi. And in those 39 books, there is one message, one, and that is Jesus is coming. That's the message. Jesus is coming. When you read Genesis chapter 3 and we read about the, the fall of humankind, we read about Adam sinning against God, disobeying God, and that bringing sin into the world which brought death and destruction, at that moment from Genesis 3 on, really the entire Old Testament is all about the fact that Jesus was going to come, the Messiah was going to come, the Savior was going to come, God made us in His image and He loves us deeply. And though we had sinned against Him, though it brought death, uh, physical death for sure, but more importantly, spiritual death, um, God said, I, I'm going to take care of the problem. And it doesn't matter what book of the Bible you're reading. It doesn't matter uh, who the author is or who the prophet is, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Malachi, it doesn't matter who the prophet is, they all had a clear message, and that is the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming. They didn't know what His name was, but, but we do, and that's Jesus is coming. Now, when you get to the New Testament, right, the 27 books in the Old Testament, or the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, all the way through the last book of the New Testament, which is Revelation. The, that, those 27 books all have one message, and that is Jesus has come. Okay, So the Old Testament, one message. Jesus is coming. The New Testament, Jesus has come. Right? Uh, in the book of Matthew, today in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born for you. So the Old Testament was telling us the Savior's coming, the Savior's coming. Well, the Savior came, was born in a little pinhole on a map called Bethlehem. And so we know what the Savior's name is, right? His name was Jesus. And so the New Testament, the 27 books in the New Testament, is all about the fact that Jesus came. So if you take the Old Testament and you take the New Testament, Jesus is coming, Jesus has come. The one message in this book, your Bible, is, is this. I'm going to give you one word. It's Jesus. This is a book about Jesus, period. Yes, there's information in this book about how you can raise your family. But it's not a book about how to raise your family. It's a book about Jesus. Yes, uh, there's great information in this book about how to have a great marriage. But this book is not a book about marriage. It's a book about Jesus. Yes, this book, the Bible, has a lot of great information in it about how you should handle your finances. But it's not a book about finances. It's a book about marriage. This book has a lot to say about uh, you know, human sexuality. 
But it is not a book about human sexuality. It's a book about Jesus. Point is, though there's all kinds of wonderful topics in this book, lots of things that we can learn from and glean from to make our lives better and all that kind of stuff, it is a book about one thing and one thing only, and that is Jesus. It's a book about Jesus. Now, with that said, the first thing you ought to look for when you go to a church isn't how nice the building is, though there's nothing wrong with a nice building. Not, not how nice the carpet is or how comfy the chairs are, though there's nothing wrong with nice carpet and comfy chairs. It doesn't matter how great the sound system is or whether it's got you know cool lights or neat jumbotrons. Nothing wrong with a great sound system and cool lights and, and, and a jumbotron. It doesn't matter whether it's got you know a cool cafe where you can get coffee before or after the gathering, though there's nothing wrong with having a, a you know cool cafe. The number one thing you need to look for is Jesus. Is Jesus in the center of all that happens, um, you know, when you're there, especially on a weekend, at a weekend service, on a Sunday morning, if you will? Is Jesus in the middle of, I don't know, a men's meeting, if you go to the men's ministry? Is Jesus in the middle of of uh, the women's ministry, if you go to their women's ministry? Is Jesus in the middle, in the center of the children's ministry or the youth ministry? That's the number one thing you need to look for when you're looking at a church. And that is, is Jesus in the middle of it all? Are, are the songs about Jesus? Is the preaching about Jesus? Another word that you could use is the gospel. Is the gospel you know, front and center in everything that happens in the life of the church? And the gospel is Jesus, okay? The gospel isn't some nebulous thing out there. The gospel is a person. The gospel is Jesus. And so the very first thing that you or I or anybody out there listening to this broadcast or podcast right now needs to think about when they think about, man, are they in a good church, or I'm looking for a new church, or I'm moving out of state or out of the city, I'm, I, I need a new church, is you attend and you're able to sit back and go, man, Jesus is front and center, or he's not. And if he isn't, then just get up and leave. That's not the church you want to go to. Because literally everything about this book, the 39 books in the Old Testament and the 27 books in the New Testament are all about Jesus. And so if you go to a church that isn't about Jesus, then you pick the wrong church. You're, you're at a place that somehow has drifted and has kind of lost its way. And, and so, so the first thing you want to do is look at if, when you're trying to find a good church is Jesus. I'm going to give you the second one. Okay, and they kind of go hand in hand, and that would be the Bible. Okay, so I'm going to give you one word, Jesus. Okay, now the second word is Bible. Is the Bible front and center in the church? Do you ever hear the phrase when the preacher gets up to preach, hey, take your Bible and turn to, 
or if you go to the men's ministry, or if you go to the women's ministry, is there ever a moment when someone says, I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to turn to you know, Deuteronomy 4, or 1 John 3, or whatever it might be. You see, um, that's a phrase, take your Bible and turn to, that's just lost. You rarely hear it in churches anymore. And a good church is a church that has Jesus in the center of it, and the Bible is in the center of it. I'll often say, in fact, just about every time I speak at, at our church, Big Valley Grace, I'll say, take your Bibles and turn to. Now, I may not necessarily read from my Bible because the print's pretty small, and I just have a hard time seeing it, okay, even the large print. But in my notes, I have the Scripture, and I've got it in a font that's big enough for, for me to read, okay? But I am asking people to please take your Bibles and turn to. We always put the Bible verses up on our jumbotrons so that somebody who comes who may not have their Bible, they forgot their Bible or whatever, they can read the Word of God for themselves. In fact, this weekend I'm, I'm teaching. We're in a series called uh, Women of the Bible. And this weekend I'm going to teach a lesson on Mary, the, the mother of, of our Lord, right? And I, I think I counted up, I don't know, like 45 different verses that I'm going to look at, that I'm going to put up on the Jumbotron, that I'm actually going to read in, in our service. You see, Jesus has to be, you know, front and, and, and center of any church. And then you go, man, are the scriptures honored at the church? Do, do, do people, you know, bring their Bibles to church? Does the preacher have his Bible when he's at church? Is he encouraging people to read the Bible throughout the week? Last weekend at our church, our pastor, Joel Boone, preached a great message on Deborah, okay? Uh, that was uh, his biblical character. And one of the things that I appreciated about Joel was, he said, okay, here's your homework, um... For this week, and that is you have to read Judges chapter 1, Judges chapter 2, Judges chapter 3, Judges chapter 4, and Judges chapter 5. In other words, I want you to read a portion of Scripture every day. And I went, wow, man, I appreciate the fact that my pastor is encouraging me, encouraging everybody to get into the Word of God, because those chapters went to kind of his message, and there's no way he could unpack it all. And so he challenged everybody to read the Scripture. Often at our church, we'll hand out, you know, reading plans. Oh, hey, this month we want you to read these verses every day so that our whole church family is reading the Word of God uh, for itself. So the second thing you always want to, to look at is, is the Bible you know, at every meeting? Are you studying the Scriptures? Are the children studying the Scriptures? Are the youth studying the Scriptures? Are the senior saints studying the Scriptures? So I'm going to give you one more, okay? And then I'll end my, my time here. But maybe I'll do some more next week because I know you're going to dig this. I, I, I know. I know you're really, really enjoying this. The third thing you got to look for is this, is leadership. So I gave you the word Jesus, I gave you the word the Bible, and now I'm giving you the word leadership. 
And, and what I mean there is, are the leaders of the church, in our case, at the church that I pastor at, they're elders. Are the elders, I, I have some friends, and they come from a different, they have a different church government. They have deacons, okay? Whatever the form of government, is the leadership, are they, are they um, biblically qualified to be in that position? Are they biblically qualified? You see, in the church, it's not just about how gray your hair is. That just makes you mature physically. But in the Bible, there's more to it than just being mature physically or mature in your age. And that is, um, the, the God, God wants His leaders to be mature spiritually. And in the Scriptures... Our brother Paul in, in Titus and you know in First Timothy gives us a lot of really good information, a lot of really good data uh, on what a leader, a spiritual leader, is to look like. And I'm not talking about what they look like physically, but but the qualifications of a leader. And at our church, it's man, you know. You go through an incredible background check, if you will, to become an elder at our church or even a pastor at our church. And I've been a pastor at Big Valley Grace for a long, long time, decades, man, well over three decades. I've been an elder at our church for a long, long time too, over a decade, almost two decades. And so you always want to make sure that Jesus is in the center of everything that happens, the Bible is in the center of everything that happens, and then you want to make sure that the leadership is really godly, that they that they meet the the biblical qualifications of a leader. And one of the things that I always suggest that people do when they go to a church, they move and they're they're going to a church, is yes, you got to sit in the gathering. You know, in the service and see, is Jesus being preached? Is the Bible central? But I always tell them, why don't you go take the chairman of the elder board out? Why don't you take the chairman of the deacon board out? Why don't you find out who these men are and just sit down and have coffee with them and see if they really are, you know, um, uh, qualified to be the leader of the church? Because if you goof up the leadership, man... You, you goof up everything else down line. And so, so I'm, I'm going to end there. I've got, I've got a number of other things. And hopefully you'll say, hey, now, now I gotta, I'm going to listen next week. Maybe you've got some friends that have moved. And you might say, hey, listen, next week, you know, Pastor Rick is going to continue talking about the qualities of a, of a good church. Kinds of things that you ought to be looking for. And they can either watch this broadcast or listen to it. Or I'll, I'll do a little recap next week for sure. You know, if God doesn't come back and I get the program, I get to do it. So, listen, here's the deal with Rick Countryman. Wednesdays at noon, if you want to watch or listen live, you can share this with your friends. Please do. Please share this with your friends. Leave me comments if there's something you want me to, uh, to know or think about or you got a question you want to ask. And... Um, I'll look forward 
to being with you guys next Wednesday at noon, okay? Blessings, everybody.